The AP Pro Football Podcast is presented by Cairn University. Hey, this is Russell Wilson. This is Joe Montana. This is Dak Prescott. Hey, this is Jason Kelsey, and you're listening to Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. Rob Motti. I am Rob Motti, and welcome to the AP Pro Football Podcast. I hope you're enjoying your last week of no football games until mid-February. No NFL games. I know college football is underway. We've got a jam-packed lineup this week. Three-time AP NFL Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald, joins me. Also, New York Jets rookie cornerback, Ahmad Sauce Gardner and super agent Drew Rosenhaus are all here. I spoke with Aaron Donald about winning the Super Bowl. His biggest challenge is now playing for coach Sean McVay and his strong relationship with D-line coach Eric Henderson. Also, of course, we had to address his helmet swinging incident last week in that joint practice with the Cincinnati Bengals. Chatted with Sauce about his high expectations that everyone seems to have for him with the New York Jets, his transition to the NFL, and having to earn his nickname. That's what the veterans want him to do. And had a fascinating conversation with Drew Rosenhaus about his career as one of the most prominent agents in all of sports. Drew's a family man, a young dad. We both lost our fathers this year, mine three weeks ago. So I've always enjoyed Drew's personality, but it was nice getting to know the family side too as well. And if you're a Buccaneers fan, stay tuned to hear Drew's opinion on Rob Gronkowski. Located 25 minutes from Center City, Philadelphia, Cairn University is a biblical university centered on Christ and His Word. In any one of our 70-plus on-campus or online programs, you will receive an explicitly biblical and intentionally Christian education that integrates your faith and work. Be taught and mentored by invested faculty. Participate in a dynamic campus life and grow in your faith as you prepare for what's next. Learn more about our undergrad and graduate programs at cairn.edu. That's C-A-I-R-N dot E-D-U. Gardner was the number four overall pick by the New York Jets in this year's NFL draft after an exceptional college career. He has a unique nickname. He now has an endorsement deal to go with it. Buffalo Wild Wings has launched a Sauce Sauce, and Sauce Gardner will be at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Wayne, New Jersey today, Thursday, September 1st, 7.30 p.m. The first 150 Jets fans will get a chance to meet Sauce and get this, get his autograph, his signature in Sauce. Here is my conversation with Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Hey, Sauce. It's great to uh, get a chance to sit down and talk with you. Uh, I'm going to call you Sauce. I know you're, some of your teammates, some of the veterans, right? They want to wait until you make a play in a regular season. But how do you feel about that? How, how do you feel about having to kind of earn that nickname? Um, you know, I don't mind. It happened in college. You know, it's something that just comes naturally. You know, play, a playmaker is a playmaker. You know, it's not something I go into practice or going to the games thinking of like, yeah, I got to do this so they can call me sauce. You know, it's just going to come naturally like it did in college. What's been the biggest transition for you from college to the NFL? You know, I would probably say studying more. And it's not just the time. It's more like I'm not just studying receivers. You know, I got to study receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks, so even offensive coordinators. 
you know, so I got to see what, what kind of uh, game plans they have, what kind of concept they like. You know, so it's more than just studying uh, the best receiver that's on the team like I used to do in college. Are there guys who kind of maybe show you the way to do that, the best way to go about it, maybe some of the, the veteran teammates? Yeah, you got DJ Reed, uh, you know, the corner. DJ Reed, uh, Jordan Whitehead. You know, those are the main guys, extremely smart guys. You know, they just showed me the way. They showed me how they study film. You know, I watch it because they don't like year five plus. You know, so I, that's what I want to do. I want to make it to year five and beyond there, you know, so. I got to know Bryce Hall in the offseason in Florida, and uh, I saw him putting in like a ton of work in the offseason. Now, I know you two are kind of competing, right? You're competing for a starting spot, but he's also a good dude. How, how much do you enjoy that kind of friendly competition with the teammate? And, you know, he's had some success in the league, too. How much do you learn off of him? I learned a lot. He asked a lot of questions you know, uh, in the meeting room, you know, uh, that just makes me want to ask some questions as well, you know, because it's like he be trying to pick the, our cornerback coach's brain. I be like, oh, yeah, I got certain questions I need to be asking too. You know, so uh, he a great guy. You know, he worked very hard. Now, you didn't, in at Cincinnati, right, you didn't allow a touchdown in three seasons. It's It's an extremely impressive streak. Now you get to the NFL. How do you approach trying to build on that? Because people, they're familiar with you. They know what your resume says and your pedigree, and they're, and they're going to want to come after you. Man, I just go in. I go there and do what I got to do. You know, so I'm still going to the games, uh, make sure my preparation is great. You know, uh, you know if that happens again, you know, that's, that's what's going to happen. Now being drafted number four, right, overall, there's a lot of expectations. There's high expectations. And in a city like New York, it could be even heightened a little bit. So what do you do, Sauce? Like, how do you handle dealing with pressure, not letting it affect you, and just going about being who you are and, and being the guy that got you to this point? Man, you got to keep, keep the main thing the main thing. You know, I, since I got here, ain't no reason to change and, you know, how, how I conduct myself or things I – look at or think about, you know, I just got to keep the main thing, the main thing, you know, and that's going to take care of itself. Are there guys in, in who played in the league that you kind of modeled your game after growing up, like looking at saying, Hey, that's the kind of guy that I want to be like. And, and now here you are at this point. I mean, when I, I used to play receiver growing up, you know, so I was always looking at Chad Johnson, <laughs> Chad Ochocinco, you know, that's my guy, by the way, and, you know, since I started playing cornerback, you know, that was like my junior, the end of my junior year of high school. It was always Jalen Ramsey, you know, Darius Slay. You know, it was, it was quite a few guys, but I would say Jalen was probably the main one. Well, Ocho Cinco is uh, really good at talking trash, and you're not shy about talking trash. And obviously, I know your teammates, your coaches say it shows your confidence. How did you, like, learn that? It's kind of, there's an art to it, isn't there? To being a good trash talker and 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 what is that art like and how do you become good at it? I don't know if it's an art. I, I haven't really thought about it. It's just something that just comes natural, it just it just flows. You know, um I kind of feel like it's a Detroit thing. Mm. You know, a lot of people in, D in Detroit they talk trash. You would think you know a good trash, you would think I'm a good trash talker. You go to Detroit, go to like a, a football camp or something, it could be high school. <laughs> person probably be way worse than me, you know? So yeah, I feel like it's a Detroit thing. Is there like a chip on your shoulder coming out of Detroit? Like, is, is that what allows guys, you know, coming out of Detroit 
to kind of yeah, have that yeah, ability. That's kind of what I meant. Yeah. You know, in Detroit, it was a lot of chips on them, a lot of people's shoulders. But just speaking for me, you know, I always had a chip on my shoulder, always been doubted since I was, you know, coming up. You know, so the fact that I'm here, you know, where everybody said I wouldn't be, you know, that I, that's why I just let the world know. There's a lot of excitement surrounding the Jets, a lot of hope, a lot of optimism. This is a team that hasn't won much in the in the past decade or so. So how do you feel about those that excitement, those expectations, and, and being a guy who can kind of impact that year one? And we just been taking it in and we ain't been getting too caught up on, you know, the outside noise. You know, because that, that can that can damage teams, you know, teams being focused on all the outside noise. You know, we just been having our head down and just been grinding. You know, we've been in training camp uh, grinding. You know, all the free agents, all the new draft picks, all the people that's been on the team, we all just bonded to the program, grinding to what Coach Silas says. You know, uh, he's a great coach, and, you know, he's going to lead us the right way. You've partnered now with Buffalo Wild Wings to launch Sauce Sauce. I mean, it's such a natural fit, right? What is, what's the best part about this partnership for you? Um... You know, the main thing, I'll probably say the fact that the sauce releases on August 31st, which is my birthday, you know, it's just it's just so natural. You know, another thing, like, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings, they have football on lock, you know. It's always been like that, you know, since I was in high school. Not even just football, all sports. Mm-hmm. You know, me and my um, you know, high school football teammates would always go to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch football games, basketball games, and all that while we eat. You know, the fact that I can just – you know, be able to partner with them, you know, then be able to give me my own signature sauce. You know, that's just great, man. Did you have input in in what it's going to taste like, what it's going to be like? Did you have any input in that? Oh, yeah, definitely. They, they put it all on me. Well, they didn't. <laughs> they just put it all on me to stress myself all, out. But, you know, <laughs> they asked for my opinions. You know, they, they took pride in uh, my opinions that I gave, my feedback. You know, that just helped us come come up with the perfect sauce. <clears throat> Now, you guys, you and Buffalo Wild Wings, you're going to host the first ever autograph signing using sauce on September 1st. It's going to be in Wayne, New Jersey at the Buffalo Wild Wings. And the first 150 Jets fans will get a chance to meet you and get your autograph, your signature in sauce. Do you have to even practice that? Is that something that you're going to do ahead of time to figure out how to write your name in sauce? I don't don't think so, man. You know. (laughs) Me, Sauce, and Buffalo Wild Wings, we all just had this special connection. I, I think this is just going to be natural. You know, when I get there, I think it's going to be easy. I think it's going to be natural. You know, I'm looking forward to just being able to meet the fans, you know, how to meet me, and be able to just have the first sign, and, you know, with Sauce, using Sauce. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's one for you. How much have you enjoyed the fans so far, seeing them at, at training camp and, and wherever you go around town? Man, I enjoy them a lot, man. You know, I try not to get too high. But at the same time, you know, this is all I ever wanted. I always wanted to be here and be able to motivate the youth. You know, they always ask me, like, hey, do you got your own sauce coming out? You got this? I'm, it's coming soon. It'll be here this month. Just stay tuned. They asked me with who. I, I haven't told them who was with yet, but I just told them I got some sauce coming soon. So, you know, once they see this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shoot through the roof. Well, Sauce, I appreciate your time, man. I love it. Look forward to seeing you out there on the field as a rookie this season, and I wish you a ton of blessings. I appreciate that. Thank you. The AP Pro Football Podcast is presented by Cairn University.
Drew Rosenhaus is one of the most successful agents in all of sports. He's negotiated billions of dollars worth of contracts for some of the highest profile players in the league over the past three decades. Really enjoyed this conversation with Drew. Drew, thank you for joining me on the AP Pro Football Podcast. I want to get into a little bit about how you got to be where you are now as one of the most prominent NFL agents, one of the most prominent agents in all of sports. But you started at really a a very young age, 22. You were the youngest at the time. So at what point growing up did you realize like this was going to be a career path that you wanted to pursue? You know, Rob, I knew at a very young age, um, I, I actually grew up in Miami and um, uh, not far from Dolphins, uh, the Miami Dolphins facility. And uh, my father, my late father, Robert Rosenhaus, he became friendly with a number of Dolphin players. Um, and uh, they were hanging out at the house all the time. And uh, I would sit down and, and, and eavesdrop on their conversations and I fell in love with with the NFL and, and NFL players and, and knew that I wanted to grow up and be their friend like my dad and, and do something professional that I could help them. So when I went to school a few years later at the University of Miami, they were this fantastic football team. I was there from 1984 to 1987. And one of my best friends was Michael Irvin, the awesome Hall of Famer. And uh, Michael and I became good friends. And uh, I actually uh, tutored him and um and, and, and Michael then recommended me to his uh, original agent, and I got an internship with his agent um, back in, uh, in 1988, and I became an agent, um, and I started my own company. In my second year of law school at Duke, I signed my first client. His name was Robert Massey, and, and Massey was in the 1989 NFL draft, and here I am 35 years later doing what I love. You know, I, I, I'm actually a a living embodiment of doing something that I've always wanted to do since I was a little kid. Uh, my partner is Jason Rosenhaus, my younger brother um, from day one. And I'm unique in that one of my other partners is Robert Bailey, who I signed in 1991. It was the fourth round pick who played 11 years. And after his career, he came to work with me as one of my partners. And Robert and I are still working together these 30 some odd years later. So really unique team. It's not just me. I'm fortunate to have guys like Jason and Robert Bailey and, and other guys like Ryan Massa that have been working with me for years and years. When you started, could you have ever envisioned that this is what you would become and, and negotiate billions, billions of dollars worth of contracts? And in some ways, Drew, you're, you got a bigger profile than many of your clients. <laughs> you know, Rob, I've, I've had a, an, an interesting career, um, you know, I, I know I didn't envision this. Um, I've always wanted to be the best at whatever I did, you know, whether it was in school or, or as a black belt in Taekwondo. I've always wanted to achieve my full potential. So I'm very humble. You know, the more you do this job, Rob, the, the more humble you become and realize how much further you have to go. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure to work with so many great players and families and help so many wonderful people along the way. That's the most fulfilling thing in this job, helping my clients and their families. And uh, every day I work extremely hard, and, and every day I grind it out. I, I haven't changed here at 55 and year 35 than I did when I was a rookie at 22. I'm still the same hardworking guy. 
Well, tell me a little bit about how that landscape has changed because it's ever evolving. It's consistently changing. There are different challenges now, obviously, in 2022 than there were in, in 2002. What are some of those big challenges and, and how have you seen the entire landscape change? Josh, it's changed so much. I, I would say less in the NFL and more in terms of being an agent and, and recruiting college players. The biggest change is that college players are now professional players. You got pro players in college and now you've got pro players in the NFL. It's professional football both ways. And what I mean by that is with NIL, college players are, are making money. It's, uh, they're hiring agents for marketing and endorsements. Um, and it's really a free-for-all in college football. And, and for me now, we actually have signed players as young as incoming freshmen to NIL deals to represent them. So it's a big change. You know, we're starting earlier with the players and their families. But it's a thrill for me and my team to get to help young men, you know, instead of helping guys that are 20, 21, 22, get into the league. Now we're working with guys as young as 17 and 18 years old. Um, and it's very rewarding to be able to help these young men at such a young age. And hopefully we can guide them to be successful with life after football, whether it's in the NFL or otherwise. Drew, would you say there's a, an art to negotiating a deal? Is there yeah, no, no two negotiations are going to be the same, right? Different teams, different players, stats, everything's different. But, but is there is there a way that you always go about it? You know, the fundamentals for me are always tr- tremendous amount of research, um, realistic expectations, complete transparency with my clients, and fight for every cent. Um, those are consistent in every negotiation. However, each negotiation is intricate. You know, the deals that you work out, for a client like Tyreek Hill or DJ Moore that are 20 something million a year, 30 million a year, that's different than, you know, the rookie draft choice where you're dealing with a rookie salary cap, you know, a wage scale. So, you know, the bottom line is that every negotiation is different for an unrestricted free agent is different than a contract extension for a star player like Rob Gronkowski. It's a different negotiation than an up and coming young player. Um, I, I negotiate every contract myself, whether it's an undrafted free agent, a practice squad player, or, you know, the superstars that we work with. So um, I would say, you know, the fundamentals are the same for every one of them, but the dynamics are very, very different depending on your client and the circumstance. Would you say there are teams, GMs, executives who are more difficult to work with than others? Sure. Of course. You know, um, there's 32 teams. So it's like, you know, 32 different flavors of ice cream. I mean, everybody's different. Everybody's got a different style. Everyone's got a different flavor. And, you know, the reality is no two teams are the same. There are some teams that I prefer to work with, and there are other teams that are harder to get deals done with. You know, frankly, um, I, I enjoy working with someone like Bill Belichick for the simple reason that I've negotiated contracts with Bill Belichick for more than three decades. So I know him and we have a working, you know, history. Um, Sometimes when you're dealing with a newer general manager, who's much younger than I am and less experienced, it can be a bit of a challenge. Do you, when you, when you're about to discuss these kinds of deals and, and work with maybe some of the more difficult guys or the younger guys, 
how do you balance trying to do the right thing right for your client? Suppose he wants to go a specific place. Suppose he he limits it and, and you know it may be tougher, right, Drew, to get that deal done with someone who you're not as familiar with or is new. So how do you balance that? Rob, it's always important to put your client first. You know, my interests, my goals, you know, my, my, you know, my needs or my wants, they're just not important. What matters is what my client wants. If my client wants to, is a free agent and he wants to get a deal done with Team X and that team's got the most difficult negotiator, then that doesn't impact me at all. I'm going to go after that deal. I'm going to do what's best for my client 10 out of 10 times. Um, Let me be clear. There's not a single general manager or team negotiator that I've got a problem dealing with. You know, we represent clients on virtually every team. We work with every team and have for 35 years. So there's no problem. It's just, um, you know, there are some teams, hey, look, like the Miami Dolphins. I mean, this offseason, we did deals for Tyreek Hill, Chase Edmonds, Connor Williams, Emmanuel Ogba, Duke Riley, Landon Roberts, Sheldrick Redwine. Um, you know, we had an extremely productive offseason. The year before that, with New England, we did John U. Smith, Devon Godchow, Jalen Mills, Trent Brown, Montrevious Adams. You know, th- this is just kind of unique relative to another team that maybe say I've got one or two clients on it. So, you know, every situation is unique, but I'll always do what's best for my clients. Is there a contract? And obviously there's been so many and it's been over three decades, Drew, but is there a particular contract that you've negotiated that you're most proud of? Maybe you got a particular player, like for example, Tyreek Hill, most recently it, it, it was a pretty big deal at, and then Devonte Adams came down the road, but is there one that stands out to you that you, you feel best about? Yeah, I, I'd say it would be Tyreek's because uh, everybody won. You know, at the time that we did the deal, it didn't look like we were going to be able to work things out with the Chiefs on a contract extension. So they hit a home run by getting, you know, multiple first round, you know, first round pick and multiple picks in addition to that. Um, you know, it really was a windfall for them pick wise. And then the Dolphins, um, you know, were a great destination for Tyreek. They rewarded him with the contract that made him the highest paid non-quarterback in the history of the NFL. So that was probably the most rewarding, not only because of the magnitude, but because the Dolphins won, the Chiefs won, and most importantly, Tyreek won. And I'm, I'm always happy to be a part of a three-way deal where everyone benefits and everyone got what they wanted out of the deal. So that's really exciting for me because, you know, I certainly like to, um, you know, make, make everybody happy if possible. Drew, we live in an era, right, of information right at your fingertips. There's the Twitter world and, and everyone is fighting to be first. And sometimes people are negotiating, sometimes teams. And I've come across teams where they leak information that may not necessarily be accurate, but it pushes a narrative. What is your approach to trying to win the court of public opinion or, or sway uh, fans or however it may be? How do you use social media and you use uh, reporters to be able to push what you want to get out there? You know, I, I look at reporters as professionals who are trying to do their job and I try and respect everyone, whether it's someone at the top of the totem pole, like an Adam Schefter or a Mike Florio or an Ian Rappaport, you know, all, all the way down to the guys that are the backup beat writer for a local team. I Uh, At a smaller market, I try to treat everybody with great integrity and respect because they're all doing their job. They're all human beings. And uh, and so I try and communicate with everyone. Now, with that being said, 
I absolutely feed um, stories initially to the guys at the top of the food chain because that's what's best for my clients, you know, that they get great exposure, that they get, you know, top billing. So I do have a relationship with, with some of the top guys in the market and, and they will get the story first, but I'll always return a phone call and always return a text unless it's the busiest times. Maybe it's free agency or cut down day and I can't get back to everybody because it's so hectic. But I certainly try because I respect each and every person that I deal with in all walks of the different facets of this industry. Drew, I want to take you back because I was there and I was on the lawn with T.O. for next question. And obviously, at that point of your career, you were well established. You were already very successful. How did, did that change anything for you? Uh, and when you look back on that, and, and I know it was a very unique situation, but when, when yeah. you, how do you feel about that when you look back? Obviously, you wrote a book yeah. a couple of years later, right, called Next Question. That's right. You know, well, if, if we go back and we look at my book, it was a scenario where um, Tim Etheridge, Terrell Owens' publicist, um, suggested that uh, I go out with T.O. and and, and, uh, it turned out that I, that I, they asked me to do the talking and, um, man, it was, you, you know, you were part of that Philadelphia media. You were there. It was a tough crowd. I mean, <laughs> they, they threw a lot of tough questions at me and I, and I was caught in a hard spot because I would never be critical, um, of one of my clients publicly. You know, I would always be honest with the guy privately, but, uh, you know, publicly, I'm not going to take, uh, a critical position and, and that was a very uh, tough time. So, yeah, I mean, I answered the questions as best as I could with the next question and next question. And, you know, a lot of people have followed suit over the years, you know, 20 over the last two decades. It's pretty funny to see. But um, I don't have any regrets, Rob. I mean, I did what I thought was best for T.O. at the time. And I did my, my very best to handle a difficult situation. Fortunately, um, you know, we uh you know, we were able to get Terrell to the Cowboys and he wound up getting a very lucrative deal and he wound up signing a nice contract extension after that. So all's well that ends well. Drew, the Jerry Maguire movie, right, is one where they say it's based on your personality. How much input did you have any? Was there any involvement and how did you feel about it? You know, I, I'd say that's a little bit of a myth. Uh, you know, Jerry Maguire is an original story. It's not based on me. Um, in, in any capacity other than the director, Cameron Crowe, brought me in to meet with Tom Cruise, um, to meet with Jay Moore, to meet with the different agents um, and uh, involved me to give some background as to what a real life young agent was doing. I was about the same age um, as uh, Jerry Maguire was in, in the movie. And so, you know, and had a similar relationship with my clients that Jerry Maguire had with Rod Tidwell, Cuba Gooding's character. So it was really, uh, you know, it was really fascinating to be involved, to get to know Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger and Cuba Gooding. And and uh, and it was a blast. Uh, so but it's not based on me at all. I just I just contributed a little bit to uh, the Tom Cruise and, and Rob. I've got hanging up in my in my home, an autographed picture of me and Tom Cruise from the set where Tom Cruise says, hey, seriously, stop trying to look like me. <laughs> and, and, and so I take a lot of pride in that one little uh, autographed picture that I have. Joe, what's a, what's a day like for you during a regular season? What's a typical day like for you? And, and do you try to get to a, a game every week? 
I do. I do. I definitely attend a game a week, sometimes two, maybe even three on rare occasion. I like to go to a college game and an NFL game every week. Um, my typical day is a lot of phone calls. Um, in the offseason, I'm negotiating contracts for players who don't have deals or who are looking to get a contract extension. I'm dealing with rookies getting ready for the draft. It's a year-round calendar during the season, uh, managing guys and their injuries and their playing time and the relationship with their coaches and, of course, getting cut, practice squad, up and down on the roster, injury reserve. The day in the life, it's, it's always challenging. There's an awful lot of adversity, um, always filled with surprises, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And I'm also a young dad. You know, I have a six-year-old daughter. I have a four-year-old daughter. I have a one-and-a-half-year-old son, and my wife, Lisa, we're expecting another boy um, in, uh, in March. Wow. So at a late start, man, I'm a 55-year-old dad with three kids suited before. All will be under the age of seven. So I got my work cut out for me both, let's just say, in and out of the office. You know, I appreciate that about you in, in that you, family is so important to you. And, and um, I, I know that and you can see that from sometimes on your social media posts. And how do you balance that? Because, you know, I, I, I got two young kids, two twin girls who were nine years old and, and, and covering the NFL isn't an easy thing. And, and you're always bit, but you're trying to balance your time. So how do you do that? Rob, I'd say this has been the toughest year of my career because my father passed away in May. Uh, Robert Rosenhaus was 78 years old, and that was really my best friend. And we were extremely close. And, you know, we he lived here in Miami. We got together all the time. And, and he left my mom, uh, a widow who they've been married 60 plus years. So it's been a really tough year for me. And, you know, when you're an agent, your clients depend on you. Their families depend on you. So you can't say, hey. I'm taking a personal day or I'm having a bad day or I really miss my dad or I'm thinking about my dad or, you know, this reminds me of my dad. And, you know, uh, you just got it. You got to just you got to keep fighting, man. You know, people don't realize that agents and players and reporters like you, we're human beings. These are these are jobs. They're they're a way of life. I'm sure for us, just given the nature of both of our jobs. But I can assure you that. uh you know, I, I'm definitely emotional and, and I have my ups and downs like everybody else. And, and this has been a challenging year for me. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. And it's, it's very difficult and I've and, uh, been going through it myself. And, and you know, it's, it's like you said, you, you, have to, you have to be strong for, for your family and every, everyone around you. Listen, I appreciate your time. It's cut down day. So we're both we both got a lot on our plate. So I, I thank yeah. you for spending time with me. I, one last one before I, I let you go, Drew. You mentioned his name, and the last time you said when, when Gronk announced he's retired, for you, you said I don't know, and, and that became uh, it became news. Where here we are, we're about a few few days away from Week One. What do you feel about Gronk? Well, you know, it looks like Rob's having a great time without football. It looks like he's really enjoying himself. He says he's retired for good. I always stick with, with uh, you know, my opinion. And I, as I said before, I wouldn't be surprised if circumstances played out in a given fashion where Tom Brady and the Buccaneers need Rob, if later in the season Rob decides that he's going to come back for his guy, Tom Brady, and maybe finish the year out and help the team win another championship. That would not surprise me. I'm not predicting that. And I'm not saying that's coming from Rob because it's not. Rob says he's retired. 
but that's just my opinion. I've represented him for more than a decade, and that's just my gut feeling. Drew, you know that's going to make headlines again. <laughs> you, you, you know it is. Well, listen, man. Hey, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for doing it. Take care, Rob. Thanks, man. Aaron Donald is one of the greatest defensive players in NFL history. He's a three-time AP NFL Defensive Player of the Year, seven-time All-Pro. Now he's a Super Bowl champion. Here's our conversation. Aaron Donald joins me on behalf of Dr. Teals. Aaron, you've won a ton of individual awards in your career. You're already at 31, considered one of the greatest players in league history, and you get that ring last year. So as now you're going into year nine, what motivates you the most? Um, just trying to relive all that over again, you know, trying to accomplish the being a world champion all over again. And, um, you know, that, that's the biggest motivation. I was motivated to get there, but once you accomplish that and you get to see what that feel like, it's like, you know, um, it make you want it that much more. So that's, that's the motivation here just to relive that all over again. We always hear Tom Brady say, what's your favorite ring? He always goes the next one. Are you guys trying to incorporate that feeling like, hey, last year we did it, we accomplished it, but it's not about last year now as you head into the season. It's about trying to do whatever you can to make it happen. Yeah, exactly. Because, again, you, we, we can't win games off what we did last year. So last year's last year. This is a brand new year. We got new players, um, got some new coaches in. So um, we got to try to do what we need to do this year to accomplish great things. So. Um, you know, we 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 did some uh, amazing things last year, made some history. But um, this year, we're trying to relive all that over again. So we got to focus on what we need to do this year, and and um, you know, um, can't live off what we did in the past year. So, obviously, Matthew Stafford helped you guys get to that point and to win that Super Bowl. What did his presence, Aaron, do for the locker room? I would just say having a veteran guy that that understand the game. Obviously, you know, been playing this game a long time at a high level. So. Um, the knowledge of the football game he had and, and able to, you know, how him and Cooper Cup was able to watch film and break things together down. Um, the, the, so they'd be on the same page to execute certain things, man. When you got a veteran guy, a resident, veteran presence like that with leadership roles like that, um, you tend to, um, you know, good, good things out of that. And, and we've seen that last year. So After you won that game, you described the feeling as the best feeling in the world, but you said also God is great. God is great. It's a blessing. As a man of faith, I appreciate that. What what does that faith mean to you to be able to say that in that moment that God is great and it's just a blessing to be able to compete like that? You know, um, everything we all put in this position that we this is this is all a blessing. You know, that, that obviously to be living my dream, my childhood dream of being in the National Football League. Obviously, you put a lot of work in, but um, you know, God put us in certain positions to you know to be able to you know live out what you want to live out and do what you need to do. So, um, you know, I accomplish something like that and. You know, uh, so much emotions come at once, you know, and, and what come from the heart come from the heart. And um, it, I, will, I will be wrong not to give thanks to God for putting me in the positions I'm in today. So, um, you know, I just wanted to give a thanks to him because I always say it's a blessing to be playing this game and, um, you know, being in a position I'm in today. So, um, you know, obviously we put a lot of work in, but, you know, God got his hands in everything. So, Amen, man. Aaron, what is your biggest challenge? Is it is it playing the game on Sundays or is it prepping throughout the offseason, the physical, the mental, to make sure you're ready for Sundays when the season comes? I'll say a little bit of everything, but, you know, being an older player, 31 years old, and, um, you know, be, being able to have a work ethic I got, the you know, one thing that I needed to, you know, 
do a lot better. And it's just, you know, recovery things, you know, taking care of my body, still working, but at the same time, making sure that um, I'm able to relax and, and take care of my body. So I'm able to perform on a high level come game time. So um, obviously being able to partner with Dr. Tills, a product that I use weekly, um, been using for years that um, I truly believe in that I, I've truly helped um, my body recover, um, you know, so obviously, you know, to, to be partnering up with them and, and be able to, you know, add that to my routine, what I do um, with, with massages and, and be able to soak 15, 20, um, 20 minutes in the tub two, three times a week, you know, um, something that I, I started doing and, and kind of something that I kind of live by now, honestly. So, um, you know, that, that's my main focus as far as, you know, I got to work at for do, doing the things like that, but more um, making sure the recovery part is, is where it needs to be so I can still be able to play at a high level. So you talk about that work ethic. Is this accurate that you would wake up at 430 in the morning when you were 12 years old and work out with your dad in your house? Is that true? Did that really happen? Yeah, we worked there at 430, but it was when I was in high school. So I started okay. working out when I was 12 years old and been working out a long time. And then in high school was a point in time where, you know, me and my dad would start working out 430 in the morning before school, you know, and get get our work in and then, you know, go to school. So, um, you know, I always tell my dad he was training for tra- we was training for me to be a pro before we knew what we was doing. So, um, you know, my dad, you know, played a huge role as far as getting me to where I'm at today. So. And the work ethic, I get all that from my dad. So, what's it like playing for a coach like Sean McVay? We we see him on the sidelines, and, and he's just got so much energy. Obviously, a young guy too. Uh, how much fun does he make it? It's great. You know, obviously, you know, you can see from the time where he got there to where we at now, and just the growth, um, becoming a, a contending team every single year. Obviously, he understands the game when it comes to X's and O's from the offense side of the ball. We know that, but even on the defense side of the ball as well. So um, a guy that understands the game, that, that make the game fun, that we, we work, we work, we work, but at the same time, he take care of us too. So, and, 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 and bigger than that, you know, just not from a football standpoint as far as he care about his guys outside of football, you know. So um, he's definitely a guy that, you know, I can reach out to when it's more things outside of football that I need to talk to and, and get things off my chest and, you know, when you when you got a guy like that 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 care more about football and, and and understand about the mental part of it as well, um, you know that that's a guy that you, you want to go out there and battle for and win games for. So, Sean, I heard was talking last week about Eric Henderson, uh, D line coach, talking about the culture that he brings to that defensive line room. Uh, how important is it that culture of love that he was talking about? It was everything. You know, I think Coach Henney is one of the best young defensive line coaches in the National Football League, if not the best. Um, the, the things he's able to bring to the room as far as a mindset, um, we can relate to him because he, he, he's, he's a young guy that played this game. So um, but he worked. We work with Coach Henney um, nonstop, always in the film, trying to find ways to, you know, help us get better, help me get better. Um, that's why, you know, I got such a close bond with Coach Henney. You know, I can. There's times I might go back in that night and, and, and we break down film together. So um, it's it, it been great. Aaron, we got two minutes. I want to ask you specifically about some of the Dr. Teal's products that help you with your recovery and relieving muscle soreness and aches. But listen, I got to ask you because I, I just got to do my job here. We had the incident last week. You haven't had an opportunity to talk about. It. Is there anything you want to say about that? Uh, anything that you just want to put out there? Um, not really. It was just a practice and, you know, practice football. So um, I, don't, I don't really want to go back to nothing negative that happened and, and talking about something that happened at a practice. Um, my main focus is Buffalo. So, 
Well, I appreciate you saying that. So tell me a little bit about some of those products, man, that do help you with the, the muscle soreness and the recovery and the aches and everything. Well, obviously, Dr. Tills, I've been partnering with Dr. Tills for a few years now. Um, something that I kind of live by as far as my, my recovery routine that I use every single week. Um, typically on a Monday, the day after a game, at nighttime, I'm usually soaking 20 minutes, probably in the middle of the, middle of the week, like a Wednesday, soak again, and then always at Friday. It's like, it's, you know, you, everybody got a, a certain routine that you feel like you kind of, you got to live by it to just make you play that much better. And 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 Dr. Teals is something that I, I truly use. Um, so to have opportunity to, to, to partner with them and, and really, you know, be involved, it's it, it been great, you know, because... I'm all about obviously, you know, promoting things that that's great, but things that I actually like and things that I use that I feel like um, help me to be a productive football player. So, um, what you see me do on, on Mondays, Thursdays, and, and and Sundays is is a is a big thanks to obviously the work ethic that I got and, and coaches, but also the Dr. Teals for you know um, helping to keep my body fresh and um, being a part of my routine. I got to do to you know be able to be productive and play at a high level. So. Well, you're rocking that big number 99 right there in front of me. I know when a lot of offensive linemen quarterbacks see that 99 on the opposite side, uh, it, it brings fear into their eyes. So I appreciate this conversation with you. Uh, real quick, last one. Did you and the team address everything for last week? Everything's cool. I know you want to put it in the past and it's all it's all done. And, yeah. and you and Sean talked it over. Yes. Located 25 minutes from Center City, Philadelphia, Cairn University is a biblical university centered on Christ and His Word. In any one of our 70-plus on-campus or online programs, you will receive an explicitly biblical and intentionally Christian education that integrates your faith and work. Be taught and mentored by invested faculty. Participate in a dynamic campus life and grow in your faith as you prepare for what's next. Learn more about our undergrad and graduate programs at cairn.edu. That's C-A-I-R-N dot E-D-U. Time for some final thoughts. Baker Mayfield may have said that he wants to bleep up the Cleveland Browns when the Panthers face his former team in week one. Or maybe he didn't say it. He says he didn't. But what's the big deal anyway? I would want my quarterback to beat every team that badly. You got to love someone who has a competitive spirit and that kind of fiery attitude. If an athlete has a whatever attitude about winning, then you shouldn't want them on your team. That's it for this week. Thank you to Aaron Donald, Sauce Gardner, and Drew Rosenhaus. And thank you for listening. Please be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your pods. Also, check out my colleague, Ralph Russo, and his AP Top 25 College Football Podcast. Till next week, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing.